Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. Hi, I'm Irene Watson, and I am the Managing Editor of Reader Views. And I'm Victor Volkman with Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's June 4th, 2009, and welcome to episode number 89 in our series. Tonight's topic is The First Great Impression, Book Proposals, and our special guest is Carolyn Howard Johnson. We'll have a conversation about how to wow them with your brilliant proposals. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. Please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Now, tonight we have on the line Carolyn Howard Johnson, who is, well, I'll just say it, our number one guest of all time. She was the most listened to a guest in 2008 and 2007. We're just tickled to have her on again. Carolyn Howard Johnson is a poet, fiction writer, and is author of the multi-award winning How to Do It Frugally series of books for writers, as well as The First Great Impression Book Proposal, an Amazon short which she calls her 49-cent wonder. She speaks on Utah's culture, tolerance, and book promotion and editing, and has appeared on TV and hundreds of radio stations nationwide. She is an instructor for UCLA's Extension, world-renowned writer's program, and her how-to book, The Frugal Promoter, How to Do What Your Publisher Won't, was named USA Book News, Best Professional Book of 2004, and also won the Irwin Award. Her other book, The Frugal Editor, Put Your Best Book Forward to Avoid Humiliation and Ensure Success, also won a nod from USA Book News and won Reader Views Literary Award. Her marketing campaign for that book won the Marketing Award from the New Generation Indie Book Awards. Carolyn loves to travel and has studied at Cambridge, Herzen University in St. Petersburg, Russia, and Charles University in Prague. She admits to carrying a pen and journal with her wherever she goes, and her website is www howtodoitfrugally.com. Well, good evening, Carolyn. Wow, and it seems as if you um, will soon be having a milestone, a 100. If, if you're on 89, it won't be long before you've got a 100 broadcasts. We'll have to celebrate that. We sure will. <laughs> it's, great to, it's so great to have you back again. I know that uh, yes. you know, you're just a world full of information, and what's great about it is that you're willing to share it with all the aspiring authors and even those that have already published and are struggling in areas or just want to, you know, find out ways to help promote their books. And, you know, Carolyn, I don't think I've ever known how you really got into this. Did you author a book in the first place like years ago or just give us a little background as to um, how, how this all happened to where you are now? Oh, Irene, it depends on how far back you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I started out. I started out as a journalist. I was the youngest person ever, uh, person ever to be hired by the Salt Lake Tribune. Salt Lake City is my hometown, and um, and and after that, I worked for Good Housekeeping magazine and worked as a publicist. But I gave it up, as women were wont to do in those days, uh, for a family and um, eventually for another business, uh, a retailing business, and then. Um, in the late 1990s, um, I got cancer and um, realized that my dream of writing a novel might never, might never come to fruition if I didn't hurry up and get it done. And so I, um, I did just that. We sold our businesses, and I delved in and wrote a book called This is the Place, which is set in Salt Lake City. 
and it was um, published just before the Winter Olympics there. So, um, and then after that, I, I wrote a book of short stories that is also still available used on Amazon, and um, and then a couple books of poetry. And about that time, I started to realize how important it was to put my journalism and my publicity experience to work as a um, as a writer and. I was also by that time connected to people on the web in Yahoo groups, kinds of situations, you know, forums, etc. And I could see that there was a whole lot of people uh, back in the early 2000s who really didn't get it that their publisher wasn't going to do all of the promotion for them and that there was every chance that their books would die a, a dreadful death if they didn't catch on maybe faster than I did because my book very nearly did die a dreadful death. And so um, that led me to, to write The Frugal Book Promoter, and uh, then The Frugal Editor, and then this last Amazon short um, came about only last year. Mm-hmm. So it, it was really an urge just to keep people from falling into the same potholes I had fallen into. And I think the best thing about that story is, is that the reason those books have been so successful is that they come from a case of really practical experience not academic marketing classes and principles, but but real real life experiences where I tried things and some worked and some failed. And in my books, I tell people exactly which ones did which <laughs> well, and, and give details of how to make them work better. And, you know, so, it's, uh, it's one of those things, been there, done that, and now I'm sharing the ex- my experience. And I really commend you in that. So we're going to get right into what our topic is today, and that's book proposals. Wow, what, where do we start? We all know that book proposals are really important if we want our book published or even looked at by an agent or a traditional publisher. So let's just start right there and just give us some pointers as to, you know, I don't, okay, I'm not even sure where to start, but let's let's talk about possibly doing a book proposal that we will be t- sending to an agent. I assume that it is going to be different than one to be sending to a publisher. So maybe we can start at that point. Not really too much different, Irene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, I was on Twitter today, and someone was tweeting about how valuable a book proposal could be for an author, even if he or she... Uh, plan to, to self-publish. And uh, I don't disagree with that because obviously what a book proposal will do for anyone who's, who's about to write any kind of a book, really, nonfiction or fiction, is it will help them solidify their plan. It's, it's, it's a lot like writing an outline. It's a lot like planning a promotion campaign in advance. And, and that kind of goal setting and, and, and planning never hurt anyone. Um, but as you know, my series is called Frugal, and I'm not just frugal in terms of money. I'm also frugal in terms of time. And so though I agree with this particular person in concept, book proposals are extremely time-consuming. I, I, I hear over and over again that people are surprised at how much time it takes. Uh, they really need to be thought out thoroughly, especially if they're going to be successful. And so to write a book proposal unless you really need a book proposal um, seems to me to be sort of an exercise, not in futility, but certainly not not an exercise in thrifty ways to use your time. Um, and book proposals most often are used to sell to an agent 
or a publisher a nonfiction book idea. But they are also getting to be used more and more to sell uh, fiction, especially if an author plans to, um, if she plans to do a whole series, say, of romance novels or a series of fantasy things. So it, that kind of genre fiction often lends itself to writing a book proposal. And so it, it certainly can be used for a lot of things other than the way we think of it, but most people think in terms, most people who want to, to, want to publish with a large publisher think in terms first of using a book proposal to interest an agent to represent them to all those large publishers who won't consider your book unless you're being represented by an agent. So that's the way I've angled my little Amazon short. It's published by Amazon, by the way, and it's very short, um, true to Amazon's name. And um, But it doesn't mean that it can't be used, that the same principles wouldn't be used for anything or any reason that you happen to be wanting to write a book proposal. So what are some of the most important components of a book proposal? Let's say, just into an agent, let's focus that, and um, uh, let's say it is, um, well, nonfiction. So what would be the most important components of that particular book proposal? Well, I think, I think one of the most important components for writing a book of nonfiction, or for that matter, a book, book of fiction, is, is, is obviously it should have a voice. Uh, and that's a hard concept to teach. It's even hard when I'm teaching my, my classes at UCLA. But it's, it's the thing that sets one's book apart from all the others. And it's also true in a book proposal, and it's one of the things that most authors get wrong right from the start. They start writing a book proposal, and immediately they lapse into, let's call it business ease, kind of the same thing that some of us lapse into when we're writing a business letter. We get very stilted and very serious, and it, you know every single one of our sentences are probably too long, and we use words that have six syllables instead of good old Germanic words that have one or two. And the book proposal becomes very, very dull. So we have to consider that these agents or these publishers are going to have, uh, Victor's a, a publisher, several of these on their desk maybe every single day to look at. And if they're looking at something that, that has no personality, they're probably not going to finish looking at that book proposal even if they think it's a pretty good idea. They're going to be bored to death. So that's one of the first things I advise people when they're starting out with a book proposal. And something that most, in fact, again on Twitter, <laughs> another story I heard today was that someone had actually hired someone else to write their book proposal. Um, and I do that sometimes for writers, but I have to tell you, you really need to have a writer do it, not just someone who um, knows her grammar. This happened to be an English teacher. They were having to write their book proposal for them. Um, Gosh, how can that how can that English teacher who doesn't even understand about voice possibly unless she's written a book herself achieve the voice of the author if she's doing that for the author? How can she understand the publishing industry and what a publisher is going to need if she hasn't written a book herself or if she hasn't taught in some uh, writing program or something of that sort? In other words, we need we need to be something other than just someone who writes. We need to be someone with some experience in the publishing industry and someone who understands what a voice is in order to write, to write a really effective book proposal. And authors themselves can do the best job with that themselves. So 
that would be the first thing I'd say. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Carolyn. You know, if I read a book proposal and it had a particularly different voice than the book itself, I would start to feel like I was dealing with someone with multiple personalities, perhaps. Schizophrenic <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if the, vo- if the voice is non-existent, it would even be worse. Yeah, like like a machine generated. <laughs> I've seen right. some right. that come out of cookie cutters. Exactly. Um, Let's just back up for a second, and can you explain the differences between a query letter and a book proposal, and can you borrow from one to help the other? Oh, that's a really good question. You know, let's just talk a little bit about query letters, but before I start, I should say, although that's mentioned in in um, the great first impression book proposal, I go into it a lot deeper in the frugal editor, because a my my feeling about editing in general is is that editing is one of your first the first tools in your toolbox to impress a, a publisher or an agent and if if anything you send out is poorly edited then again that 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 agent or publisher isn't going to get very deep into into reading whatever you're sending out and that query letter is the first thing they're going to send so yes you do send a query letter um, as, as as a cover letter kind of a thing with your book proposal. The difference between a cover letter and a query letter is a query letter does that. It asks a question. And so in this case, you are going to ask a question or actually tell the agent or publisher what it is you want from them. Basically, I'm enclosing a book proposal for my new book, and um, I'm hoping you will take a look at it and represent me because, you know, etc. So you want a really nice query letter, and again, one with a, with some voice showing through to accompany your book proposal, and you use it as a cover letter. Some cover letters don't ask questions. This one would. And then your book proposal could be submitted with that query letter in, the, in an email and the book proposal as an attachment or uh, sent by U.S. Post with a query letter and the book proposal bound in a really nice um, a presentation, business-like presentation. Does that answer your question, Victor? Or was there something else you were looking for? No, I think you nailed it right there. That's that. That's good. It's always good to be clear about about those two. Yeah, I think it things. would be. I think it would show a touch of insensitivity to just send a publisher or a or an agent a proposal without some kind of a letter of introduction. Uh, you know, just send it to them. It's like, okay, now what do I do with this? Some of them would know, but some of these agents and publishers wear more than one hat. So to just get something in the mail from anybody without knowing what they want you to do with it doesn't seem like the best approach for, for making friends and influencing enemies. Definitely not. And if I see a query letter, I like to see that they've actually looked at my product line to see how it might fit or what themes it has in common with my other products. Right, right. And and, and, and thank thank heaven for the for the computer. We can now copy and paste really easily so there's no excuse for sending out a, a template letter that, that hasn't been personalized in some way with um, the name of the publisher or agent and at least and certainly if at all possible a little bit more so that you, the, the publisher or the agent can see that there's a particular reason you're approaching them. They handle your kind of book. They handle your kind of a situation. If they don't, then you shouldn't be sending anything off to them anyway. Amen to that. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about market analysis. Is it 
how much research can you do and what kind of things should you be looking at to see how the competition for your your title stacks up? I mean, I've never met someone who didn't think their book was unique, but let's face it, there is competition. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's only fair to be really honest about that when you're when you're writing when you're writing your book proposal, don't don't pretend like it's unique when it isn't. And be very, very cautious about any kind of adjectives that you're going to use. It's not up to the author to tell an agent or a publisher that their book is wonderful or that their book is unique. Uh, it, it, that's really the agent or the publisher's job. They'll be able to see whether it is or not when they read the proposal. Um, so they, they, they need to be, to, to be honest about what else is out there and then try that exercise of, of finding out how their book is at least a little bit different from others. So you say there's this book, this book, and this book. This book is doesn't cover quite the, you know, book A doesn't cover quite the same thing as my book is going to cover. Book B um, obviously wasn't marketed because it has no reviews on Amazon. And uh, book C um, uh, was weak in the area of X, which I also happen to cover, that kind of thing. So that immediately then gives the publisher a way to understand why you why you think your book is wonderful without saying, well, it's going to be a wonderful book and everybody needs it, which is just so much fluff. It also having, works. Having, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it also gives the publisher the indication that you are serious about this and you've actually done some research. Right, right. And, uh, but having said that, the other thing is is that we all know that facts and figures can be skewed. So to go on Amazon or go to a library and find 12 books that didn't sell well and list those books as your only competition, when there happens to be one that was published last year that hit the bestseller list and is still available, is, is, is absolutely foolish. So you you don't you, you want to be honest about what about what your your approach with um, with what you what you say in that marketing plan. Well, that's certainly uh, that's a real good point. Also, Carolyn, what I'm hearing from a lot of the publishers is they're really cutting back due to the economy, and some of them were you know cutting back as much as about fifty percent of what they did last year to what they're going to be publishing this year. So from that, it's a really good indication that it's also important to really polish up that book uh, proposal so that, you know, if a publisher is doing 50 books one year and then all of a sudden cutting down to 25, you've got a lot more competition. Yeah, you know, this year, and I don't expect it to be any different next year, maybe this podcast will still be available next year. You you two tend to to do that. Uh I don't expect that, that... the world is going to become less competitive from this day forward. I expect that it will become more competitive. I think that probably for the last few decades that's been true. The world has been more competitive. So, so one might as well do the very, the very best they can with a proposal that they're sending out as opposed to assuming that, that, that I, I don't know what people assume when, 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 they don't, when they don't pay attention or don't do their homework. On the other hand, one of the reasons I wrote the great first impression book proposal is that is that a lot of people spend more time reading books on how to write a book proposal <laughs> than they do writing the book proposal or maybe even writing their book. And 
<laughs> book proposals don't need to be researched that thoroughly. Each book, first of all, each book proposal is as unique as your book. So no one else is going to be able to tell you exactly how to do it. No one else is going to tell you, be able to tell you exactly how to achieve that voice we were talking about. There, nobody, there aren't any really, really, really fast rules other than maybe put, making sure there's a query letter with it and making sure that your voice shines through. Um, there are things that you put in some book proposals and things that you don't and then and another one um, that, that might not be true of. The rules are there as a guideline. They aren't they aren't firm and fast. You have to consider your own book, your own situation. And to, to read three whole books about how to write a book proposal, no wonder people get dissuaded from ever writing a book. So that's why, that's why in conjunction with one of my clients who didn't want to write his own book proposal he was, because he knew it was going to be dreadfully dull and um, he would really rather have hire it done, why I wrote the great first impression book proposal is because it'll take you 20 minutes to read it. And when you're through, you will really have, and only 49 cents, right? <laughs> um, you'll have all you need to write a good book proposal. It's highly unlikely you're going to need anything more. You may think of something else to add to your book proposal because it's perfect for your book. You may decide not to include something that I put in there because it's wrong for your book, but you don't need anything that isn't in there. So um, I'm not telling people if they really want to read three top books. One of them is um, by a wonderful agent. Oh, my, my, my mind is going blank. I'll think of it in a minute uh, on book proposals. And it's an excellent book. Um, certainly, if someone wants to do that, but, but it will take you 12, 14 hours to, to read it thoroughly and glean what you need from it. So um, th this is fast and sweet, and then you can spend your time on the proposal itself, polishing it, editing it, making it fun, giving it a little bit of, you know, a, a little bit of colorful, make, making it, make it, making it sparkle. <laughs> that's um, that's a really good point. So I think we talked a little bit about including the marketing aspect in a book proposal. From my understanding of any publishers that uh, I'm, most publishers that I've dealt with are really interested in knowing that what is the author going to do, what responsibility will the author take in their own marketing, as we all know that publishers really don't do the marketing. But yet, for some reason, many authors feel that they should or would or will and so on. So let's talk about that portion of the marketing, of the proposal, the marketing plan, and what really should go into the marketing plan that goes into the proposal. Yeah. Um, now, now there's an area that a first-time author probably really would need to read a book or two. Mm -hmm. I suggest My Frugal Book Promoter. I suggest John Kramer's 1001 Ways to Market a Book. And as you're reading, make notes of the kinds of promotion that would fit with the kind of book you're writing and would fit with your pocketbook and would fit with your personality. And then those are the things that you put into your plan for your marketing campaign. Having said that, um, depending on who you're sending this proposal to, some, some big publishers are still a little bit fuzzy themselves. They want help from the author if they should choose their book to publish. But at the same time, 
they don't want an author who is so pushy that they are always insisting on things that don't fit in with the way they usually do things. So I suggest framing the marketing section like um, I am here to partner with my publisher any way that they would like me to do it. If I were in charge of my own campaign, here's what I would do, and then here is, is how I can lend a hand to the traditional ways that a, um, that a publisher might handle my marketing. And then you can talk about book signings and you know, the other things that, that we tend to think of think that publishers will do for us. They, they may not. In fact, many probably will not. But then you can go from there into that. Uh, that's another good reason before you send this off. This might be a section that you would tailor specifically to the publisher that you were sending it to. If you were sending it to a, directly to a publisher, if you go on the publisher's site and he says, um, uh, you, you are in charge of your own publishing, uh, your own promotion, then you can just take the bull by the horns and tell him what you'd like to do. If you go onto a site and, and the publisher says we do, you know, we handle all of our own marketing, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, then you try and tread a little bit more lightly and you tell them the things that they that you can offer. It's called your platform, by the way. The things that you can offer to to him or her in in terms of helping him, but you make it clear that. That you're you that you're only there to help. So you, you've got these two kinds of publishers you're dealing with, and and, and you it doesn't it doesn't hurt to have a little ver a little separate version for each one. And that's what's important because there again is back to the personalization, and also the importance of going to the website and really understanding what that publisher wants. Absolutely, and that's absolutely. So uh, Caroline, you just mentioned platform, and that's another important component of a book proposal. So first of all. I know that there are some people that are confused with what the term platform really means. So if you would explain the terminology or the explanation of what a platform is and also the importance of it in a book uh, proposal. Uh, yeah, a platform is a, is a term that's only well, relatively recently come into use. And um, like a lot of other terms in the publishing industry, it's used differently by different people. But basically... It means an author's experience. And that can be in things that they've published before, which is sort of their authorly platform, if you will. But it can also be what the author can bring to the marketing and promotion sector of the publishing of their book. And by the way, publishing really does include marketing. A book, is, a book that's not marketed isn't truly published. So when we're talking platform, Briefly, in a query letter, as an example, if an author's been published before, they would want to mention that. If she has had marketing experience out in the business world, she would want to mention that. If she already has a newsletter uh, that she sends out to people who are interested in her writing, then she would want to mention that. And that's one of the reasons that I tell authors that it's never too early to start your marketing and promotion. Never. It's not too early to start blogging. It's not too early to start a newsletter. Um, the Frugal Book Promoter gives you probably 20 or 30 different ways that an author can start building a platform by doing what they love, which is writing. So the author who says, well, you know, 
I'm really not a marketer and I'm really not a promoter and I really, you know, I really don't want to do that. Well, you do like writing. So get busy using your writing as promotion. Get it out there. Um, get it published. Start using it to get some exposure on the web. There's dozens, you, you could start reviewing as an example. Those all become part of your platform in a way that, in a way that publishers and agents can judge whether you can be an active, an active partner in the marketing effort for your book. Wow, that's uh, that's really good stuff. <laughs> do you want do you want me to write it up and you can send it out to your to your, to your author, Victor? <laughs> you know how to use a tattoo pen. <laughs> to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the other thing I like to tell authors is, is who say, well, I don't have anything, I don't have anything to put in a paragraph in my query letter, or I don't have anything to put in my proposal that that will that will tell. Um, people about my platform. Uh, of course you do. Of course you do. Ha- have you taken a class at UCLA? Have you taken an online course from Gotham Writers in New York? Um, have you published a poem? Um, don't tell them, however. This this is in the Frugal Editor um, Query Letters. Don't tell them that you always wanted to write. You're not telling oh, them anything. No, no, no. Everybody always wanted to write. Just, you know, you, you can do better than that. Even if you tell a little anecdote, like I started writing when I wrote a poem and sent it to President Roosevelt after the war or something. I mean, at least make it detailed and anecdotal. Don't just say I always wanted to write. Definitely. I, I noticed you said uh, it's never too early to start on a book proposal. Uh, what about sending the book proposal in before the book is actually finished? Ah, well, again, a good reason to go to, to a publisher's or an agent's website. There are different rules that govern different kinds of books. Uh, I'm seeing more and more people have their book done before they write their book proposal and then write the book proposal. Uh, I think in the ca- most cases, in most cases in terms of nonfiction, that's probably not advisable because when you send in the proposal, it will include table, a table of contents. It will include what you intend to put in the book. And you might find an agent or a publisher who loves the idea but wants you to make, wants you to make some really pretty severe changes. And if your book is already done, you're not going to be so happy about that because you put a lot of time into the book. One of the things you should put in the book proposal is about how long you think it will take you to finish the book. You would probably have the first couple chapters done and submit that with the book proposal, but you would want to give them an idea of how much time you're willing to dedicate it, dedicate to it, uh, and how much time you need for research, if any. Uh, and it will save you. It could it, by doing that, you could save you hundreds and hundreds of hours of your time. In the terms of fiction, um, most publishers and most agents want to see those first couple chapters that they really expect that that book be done. And you probably aren't even going to submit a proposal. Probably what you're going to do is submit a great query letter, a la the frugal editor, and um, the first couple chapters of the book that you have finished. So a lot depends on the genre, and some depends on the publisher itself. And some even depends on the agent. Even agents may ask you to make changes in your overall plan before before they submit it to publishers. Gosh, well, you know, there's a lot to it, isn't there? It's not just yeah, there is. The book, but, you know, but 
We all thought it would. We all thought it would be all fun and all easy when we started this. Didn't we? Yeah, that is for sure. Let me talk a little bit about this Amazon short uh, that you did. Why did you decide to do an Amazon short? I'm really curious. Well, I, I mentioned my my client who is a doctor at UCLA. He's an eye doctor, and he had this wonderful, a really an amazingly, and I can use the word. And uh, when I talk about him, but I wouldn't use it in a query letter, an amazingly wonderful, um, he, had, he had this wonderful concept. And he didn't, he, as I say, he, he was wealthy enough. He didn't want to fool around with a book proposal. So he kept begging me to do it. And I kept saying, well, you know, a book proposal really needs to have your voice in it. You're really better off doing it yourself. Um, he, he said, well, I don't even want to, I don't want to take the time to learn it. So that was what gave me the idea for the great first impression book proposal. I thought, well, I can if I'm going to if I'm going to write to him and tell him how to do a book proposal in my email, I can take those emails, uh, you know, formulate them a little bit, format them a little bit, put them into uh, like a very long article and make an Amazon short of it. So that's what I did. And, and Amazon isn't doing them anymore, but all the shorts that they accepted are still up on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a good place to find a lot of good advice for 49 cents. No kidding, 49 cents, my goodness. I understand that you're in number five on the Amazon list. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty darn close up to the top there. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? <laughs> That's great. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> well, hey. We try hard. I mean, you know, when we look and uh, we go on Amazon and we're finding that, like, we're number 1,374,000, you know, blah, 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 and it's like, whoa, number five is pretty darn close to the top. So Yeah, and, you know, I, I, it's not that I don't advise that people look go go look at their ratings every now and then on Amazon, but I hate to see them get too wrapped up in those ratings. Mm-hmm. I know people who go back every hour, you know, there are, there are some there are even some applications you can use to get notified when your book moves up or down. I think that's carrying it too far. But to visit that to visit that um, that rating once in a while just to see how your book's doing will tell you whether you need to be doing a better job of promotion or not. So it's it's just an indicator. Oops, I better get online and and um, or maybe arrange for another book signing or 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 query a few conference directors to see if I could go out and speak to, to, to writers or, or whatever it is, you, you know, you need, you need to be doing more of it. And one of the beauties of the Internet, oh, my gosh, is that our books don't die these days if we don't want them to. Exactly. exactly. It used to be, as we, as we all three of us know, that, that you wrote a book and it went into bookstores and in 90 days, unless it had already become a good seller or a classic that fast, they would send them back to the publisher and the publisher would put them... Uh, on the remainder list, and then if they still didn't sell, they got shredded. Mm-hmm. And um, those days are, are really over for publishers and for authors. If we want if we want them to stay alive, we can see to it that they that they stay alive. Exactly, and that's a really good point, Carolyn. Let's tell our uh, listeners your uh, website again. Oh yes, it's um, www.howtodoitfrugally.com, and if you want to read about the literary work I do, the poetry and the novel and the book of short stories, you can just go to Carolyn Howard Johnson with a dash between Howard Johnson dot com. Great. So and it's easy to remember how to do it frugally dot com because we all that's what we want to do. So gosh Carolyn, thank you so much. 
You've been a real delight again. That time really up. It's gone so by so fast. I know, I know. So <laughs> guess what? We're going to have to have you again. <laughs> Another well, I, topic. You're, you're, I really enjoyed being with you last time. I've got you plastered on my blogs and on my okay. website, and, and we'll we'll make sure we do it again. Of course, uh, with of with course. this one. Yeah. And you know, you you always have so many good things to tell our listening audience and. Thank you again, and as I say, we'll have you again on another topic. So, Well, I'm always proud to be associated with the two of you any way I can. Thank you. Yeah, it's a real treat. There aren't many guests that I, I look forward to reappearing, but you're definitely on top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope so. I'll, I'll do my best to keep it up there for you. Okay. You've been listening okay. to another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. We'll be back on the air June 18th, 2009, when our topic will be Turn Your Book into a Speaking Career and Sell Your Book at the Back of the Room. And our special guest for this show will be Tweed Scott. You can learn more about all of our guests on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to Info at AuthorsAccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press. And for Reader Views, this is Irene Watson in Austin, Texas, saying goodnight. And for Loving Healing Press, this is Victor Wolfman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening.